Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm uh, Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast, a podcast that is a little bit in a better mood this one around than it was a week ago, well, last couple weeks, actually. What did we decide that the the a few weeks ago, it was the first time that Iowa and Illinois had won? Is, the, is that what we decided? Well, it, it's been a couple weeks if that's the case. Well, no, it's not. It wasn't the first time, but it's probably, I don't know. I think it we, was Iowa was idle, so they didn't lose, and Illinois won that week weekend. No, there I was think one where they both won, wasn't there? I think there was one other weekend. But didn't we determine that was the first time that it ever happened? I don't think so. I can't remember how we broke <laughs> No, that I mean, down. it couldn't have been the first no. time, because there's got to be non-conference games, right? There, you're talking this year. I mean, it's obviously happened We were talking about in the cast. That <laughs> it was very unusual. It is for you and me to both be in a good mood recording the cast. With that being said, yesterday was one of those days. Um, I believe I believe that what we had yesterday, Kurt, was was a great day. I believe that. I think it was fun, which is weird. I I usually don't associate fun (laughs) with an Illinois football game, (laughs) which was funny because on the last podcast, you did a great job setting it up. How much fun we were going to have together. You were basically already trying to talk yourself into how miserable sure. it was going to be on Saturday what? before. But that's the key. Set the bar so low you can basically yeah. roll over it. And I, I, I know we'll get to the Minnesota-Illinois game, but, but you know, I kept talking to people yesterday. Go for fans. Yep. And I'd say, ah, don't worry about it. You guys be fine. And they're like, oh, you're just saying that to jinx us. I'm like, no, I really think you'll be fine. And, but I mean, now, now they they feel yeah. like I pulled a fast one on them. Yeah. Um, so first of all, shout out to Danimal. He hooked us up yeah. with the tickets. Really appreciate that. Um, and to use a uh, uh, an Aaron Rodgers quote that he gave two, three weeks ago, whatever, when he had a come from behind victory, you know, 50th of his career or whatever. Yep. But he was getting interviewed and he said, how do you not feel romanticized by the sport of football? That's kind of how I felt by the end of the day yesterday. That was and great. To, and to try to set up the game. So first of all, um, uh, we went to the Goal Line Club uh, tailgate, which is in Williams Arena. So shout out to Luke and Ryan Burns. That was fantastic. That was uh, great. Got to meet Luke for the first time. Well, actually, I think it's the first time I met Ryan face to face. We've obviously talked. Right. But first time I met him. Uh, Hadn't met Luke prior to that, although just so you didn't meet Luke at he was at our Amador tailgate for the Ohio State. No, game. I didn't get to meet him. Get that to meet him. I okay. did not. I did not get to meet him. Both tall men. Yes, they uh, are. Ryan's a I knew, strapping young lad. But I knew that about Ryan. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah big dudes. Um, uh, but anyways, that I mean, we're obviously non Minnesota fans, but that that's a pretty good deal, you know, fifty sixty bucks all you can eat, uh, booze and food. And, and I, got my, was, I got I got I got food was great. Food was great. I had plenty of Jameson whiskey before the the game started. That event was awesome. Gopher fans in general were great. I mean, Gopher fans are always nice people, always welcoming. You know, I didn't get any crap all day. I mean, I know there's probably Iowa fans listening to this that are going to just like light me up like a Christmas tree. But by and large, I have pretty good luck hanging out yeah. with Gopher fans. Now, it helped yesterday because I didn't technically have any Illinois clothes on my shirt. Uh, it it kind of leaned in the direction of being Illinois uh, um, colors. Colors. Yeah. And I'm obviously with you. You have Illinois. So, you know, I was... Guilty by association. I don't mean that in a bad way. I was cheering for Illinois yesterday sure. because no offense, Gopher fans, you were in first place all alone. Yeah, I needed you to come down a sure. rung. Uh, but the pregame was awesome. I uh, had my wife and kids there. They were running around. Got to meet people. Saw an old buddy. You walk into the stadium. The the uh, uh, oh the skydivers the were skydivers. great. Those guys were so cool. That was amazing. They were outstanding. I mean, we were all sitting outside the stadium <clears throat> looking up like. How are they going to make it over here? Are they going to make it? To, you're looking at the timing of I when know. kickoff, like American flags, smoke, you well, know, it, swirling around. It was insane. And there was two skydivers that were had an, an American flag between the two of them. They were connected. And I was, it looked dangerous. It and I was looked, like, like completely dangerous. There were times I'm like, I don't know that they're supposed to be doing that right now. Are they going to crash? But they knew exactly what they were doing. Precision. And their landings were perfect. Everything was great about that. That was insane. So that started it off. By the way, it was a two-thirds sun-drenched football stadium. It was. I, I keep on wanting to say the old uh, advertiser. Huntington Bay uh, yep. Bank Stadium. Um, 
And so hilariously, um, we were in the goal line or uh, in the end zone, excuse me. We were behind basically, I guess it'd be the east, no, west end zone, west end zone. Yeah, underneath the big, right underneath the big uh, scoreboard uh, end. And the, I swear, I swear to you, the sun cut off at the hash mark. It was right on the hash mark. The entire game. And we kept looking up because it was the top of the stadium was blocking it. And we're all trying to do some geometry in our head. And we're like, is it going to get there? Is it going to get around the corner? So we got all the way to halftime. It had not reached there. Illinois is up 14 to nothing. So I'm like, okay, how often are we going to get a chance to sit in, in radiant 60 degree weather yeah. in Minnesota in November? I'm like, screw it. Let's go up to that section because there were seats available, which yeah. happened to be the Illinois section. Yep. And Kurt looked at me and goes, well, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to go to the Illinois section. We're going to give this lead up almost yes, immediately. Correct. <laughs> was... I was certain it was going to happen. That didn't happen, obviously. But how great was that weather well, sitting up in the bleachers and in that sun? I had to take my jacket off. It was that warm out. It was, it, I actually got warm. I, I I just had an undershirt, a thin undershirt, and a t-shirt on, and I was either perfectly comfortable or a touch yeah. warm. Um, Some interesting fans around us. <laughs> So that's and maybe that's half the reason why I wanted to bring it up. Um, so as again, so Kurt and I um, went near the Illinois section, but we were mostly surrounded where we were at by Gopher fans, kind of below and, and above us. Right behind us was two twenty-some-year-old Gopher students, I believe. Yeah, they were I think Gopher they were students. students. Yeah. And at this point in the game, kind of late third quarter, early fourth quarter, the angst and alcohol. There was a lot of alcohol. They they were swimming in it at that point. So, And like, the thing is, I totally understand why people were getting annoyed with them because they were just shouting obscenities. It wasn't obscenities, but they were just shouting things. Nonstop. Uh, uh, negative barbs oh, negative, towards PJ, just, yeah, insults, towards the starting quarterback absolutely. of the Gophers that never, never stopped. And we were, we had imbibed ourselves, yeah. so we were getting, we were getting entertained quite a bit. And the, but the funniest thing that happened was a a mom from eight rows back yelled down at them, "If you're gonna act like that, go back to the student section." And the kid <laughs> and the kid right behind us yells back at her. If you're going to act like that, go back to the student section. So he like yelled back at the Karen and oh my God. I don't know. It was just so funny that in could, the moment. It was I amazing. I could not stop laughing. It was, we were meant to be in those seats to get entertained by those guys. Well, and then, then they were hilarious. talking about at the, basically at the end of the game when, when they, when it was, you know, certain that they were going to lose. They're like, that's it. I'm transferring to Illinois. <laughs> so I was yeah. giving them advice on what, what career paths they could take there. It's an engineering school. Do you happen to be in engineering? Um, sorry that that came at the, you know, at the expense of Gopher fans. And yes, I'm going to add to it. I mean, obviously, Danimal. I mean, he's one of my best friends. He was awesome. Um, but then we went to what bar did we go to afterwards? It's called the Beacon. It's the in Beacon the the, hotel. the Graduate Hotel. Great pull by you, man. Yeah, you I know, know that Sally's. Campus. Uh, Urban Stubbs just absolutely packed. We walked right into that place. Got it was busy. It was, it was busy, perfectly but, busy, yeah. but got food, got drinks. And there was two, you know, gopher fans a little older than us. We just sat with those Just dudes, sat down at their just table. Just talked football yeah. with them. They were cool as shit. They were Gave cool to seats when they leave. I mean, and then we got, you know, Uber back. Don't drink and drive, folks. And made it, made it, you know, back to your place. Caught the late games. It's just as good as it's going to get, basically. And, and, and Iowa wins. Illinois wins. It just couldn't have gotten better. It was one of those few days where everything just worked out. I swear to God, it's feast or famine with this sports, with this sport, because I did very well on my financial moves yesterday. It it always goes together. I move in one direction well or one direction negative. I wish I could figure out that uh, little little puzzle but okay so a couple things I you, you know me I got my sheet here right and yep. I still I write out notes and I still forget to say crap sure I forgot to say on the last podcast I actually uh, said it on the Jim Coyle interview uh, for okay. Indiana which by the way shout out to Jim and their crew um, but going into yesterday for the month of November we were in the month of November yep. All 14 Big Ten teams were still bowl eligible. Oh. You tell me the last time that's happened. If ever. Whoa. That was insane. 
That is insane. We lost. We got two picked off yesterday. So I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of a day late and a dollar short with that stat. But I still think that's amazing and shows you the depth of the conference. Well, it shows you this year just the the parity that we're seeing. Okay. So parity, that's in there. The next thing, too, I would point out is the depth of the conference. Okay. So last week for the college football playoff, um, uh, if we're if we're doing predictions, it has to be on this podcast because obviously our next podcast will get released after the Tuesday night rankings. But uh, the SEC had seven teams mm-hmm. and the Big Ten had six. six yep. Mississippi State got beat. I don't know why the heck they were ranked. Yeah, I in, don't either. Especially never, as how as high they were. Never I mean, made it was sense. Ridiculous. So they're going to get knocked out of the top twenty-five. At, at so I think I they were a three-loss team, weren't they? The the, they the were three-loss three ranked. Yeah, yeah, they were the highest three-loss yeah. team. So I think maybe uh, the Big Ten will have the highest-ranked three-loss team potentially. Okay. Um, so my guess is I think we'll have a shot. The Big Ten will have a shot at seven ranked teams i mean it could happen right i mean, I mean I think you assume that minnesota is going to fall out minnesota now, would fall but then out. maybe purdue comes in and doesn't takes purdue their place. need to take their place with <clears throat> a six and three record with two wins over iowa and michigan state and their losses so. are against wisconsin and uh 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 or losses are against wisconsin notre dame yeah right and then um uh they uh, that win versus Oregon State looks also pretty good now, right? Aging pretty well. Yeah, I I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see them pop up quite a bit. Like if yeah. they were twenty and Iowa was twenty one, right? That wouldn't would that, surprise me. Would that surprise you? No. Would it surprise you if Penn State got into the rankings? I mean, I could see Penn State squeaking a, in. There. Maybe a bit surprising, like squeak in twenty four, twenty five. Wisconsin's going to move up into the teens. Yeah. And then it will be interesting after that because Ohio State is almost for sure going to get slotted into the four spot. I mean, I think it'll be very much uh, Georgia one, Alabama two, uh, Oregon three, Ohio State four. Okay. That would be my prediction right okay. now. Cincinnati might move down with how they're looking. I mean, they barely beat Tulsa right. yesterday. It's just another one in, in a row. And then the other thing, too, the, the, this getting into the ranty stuff and I put this out on Twitter this morning, of all the egregious things that were stated by the College Football Playoff Committee, and by the way, if you want to get mad at Gary Barta, I'm not going to stop you, but he's just the mouthpiece. I mean, he's literally like, me and you could have that job. Don't kill kill the messenger. So, But of all the egregious things the College Football Playoff Committee said last week, the one that, that pissed me the most off was them talking about how Alabama was on a tier by themselves. Yeah, that doesn't even make two. sense. Like they struggled with LSU. They had six yards rushing in the football contest. It's not, this is not your standard Alabama team. This is quite no. a bit under at the very least. They should be grouped together with Ohio State, Oregon, yes, those of next course. teams. And I'm okay and, with that. And and to be honest with you, I feel like they should be maybe even lower than some of those teams. I don't know. Right, but um, I, I'm okay with them getting lumped in with the other one loss teams. And let's be honest, Ohio State, they they you know, they're not they're not setting the world on fire right they're, now. They're not either. I mean, right now it it I mean a lot of football can happen, right? But right now it seems to be a race between seven or eight teams on who can get into the college football playoffs to get curb stomped by Georgia. I mean, right. that's what it looks like. Uh, sure. Right now. Unless, I mean, it does. Yeah. Unless somebody could just bow up and and force Georgia, Georgia to throw the ball. We just haven't seen it. Uh, but anyways, and then Michigan, Michigan State with in relation to each other with Michigan State, you know, having a, a, a double-digit loss like that, will that drop them down underneath Michigan who they literally right. just beat last week? Yeah, so that'll that's going to be, they're both be in the top 10, I, I think almost for sure, but where they're in relation with each other. But anyways, yeah, there could be as many as seven big 10 teams ranked. That would be literally half the conference ranked in the second week in November. It would be a pretty incredible thing. And you got to think they're kicking around Illinois name at this point. I mean, they're, they're getting to be quite the giant slayer, you know, we'll get I mean, to that game yeah, here yeah. pretty quick, but all right. I just thought that'd be worth going over. You got anything else you want to No, add? let's get into the games, man. All right. These... Oh, actually, no, I do have one, one thing. Okay. Okay. Cause remember we made a mistake in the last cast. We said that Maryland was four and four. They're five and three. So correction, correction. Thank you for to hell in the shell for pointing that out. That was hell in the shell. Yeah. So oh, he's, okay. I, didn't I thought was he was going to stop listening. My bad. Well, good. I'm glad hell in the shell still yeah. listened to us. That's. Give him credit for that. All right. These games all took place yesterday on Saturday, November 6th. These were the Week 10 games. Seven 
games. All 14 ga- uh, teams in action were Big Ten teams, which is what it'll be for the rest of the year. First game up, Ohio State 26, Nebraska 17. Uh, the Buckeyes with 495 yards of total offense are just under their 500-yard you know, typical mark. The Huskers with 361, so this game went quite a bit under the total, which was 64, and wound up being a pretty easy cover by Nebraska getting 15 points. I mean, Kurt, with less than 10 minutes in this game, Nebraska had the ball down by six, mm-hmm at the 15-yard line with a chance to pick up a first down or score a touchdown and take the lead late in the fourth quarter in this game. So there's two things going on here right now. I think Ohio State, they're not, like I said, they're they're not catching fire. They look like they're kind of trending, but now we see that they do still have some flaws. But also I think Nebraska's a pretty good football team. And so you put those two things together, and it ends up being a pretty damn good game. And that's why Vegas had that at a 15-point line. Um, so it's funny, a shout-out uh, um, to our boy Perk. There was another person I was DMing with, too, but they had asked me about this game. And I said, I think it's going to be something like a 17-10 to 10 game at halftime that Ohio State is just going to pull away okay. in the end. It was 17-10 to 10 at halftime, but Ohio State didn't, quote-unquote, pull away. No, they, they never were settling did. for... Field goals instead of touchdowns. And part of that was on Ryan Day's play calling, in my opinion. Okay. The other part of it was the the Nebraska defense was balling up. Especially, they were working their ass off. Especially in the second half. Absolutely. I would say more than the first half. Yeah, they played great. And I know probably Husker fans are a little frustrated hearing me say this is a pretty good football team. They just it's like they do a lot of things right, but they don't know how to win football games. Is what and it comes I never down know to. what that means. I mean, essentially, you know how to win football game games by just making plays or stopping the. Yeah, other but it's team more than that because plays. you know we always talk about with Nebraska, it comes down to either a penalties screw them over or, or turnovers or uh, special teams and you know special we teams did not play yeah. didn't play great yesterday. So it's those th- it's making I guess bad plays in those areas and being sloppy. But, 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 then but I kind at- of felt like that's a lot of what it was yesterday. I mean, um, the and by the way, shout out to Ohio State's defense. That's a rushing attack, Nebraska, that had had a lot of success versus a lot of teams. By and large, Ohio State's front seven really had a great game. I mean, go figure, right? These are the number one and two offenses in the Big Ten, so naturally this would go way under the total you sure. know, for points in the game. And Adrian Martinez, so there only two people carried the ball for Nebraska yesterday. How about that? Ramir Johnson I, and Adrian, Adrian Martinez, 18 carries, but only got 51 yards there. So, so of course, think, you're getting the, the sack yards subtract from that. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I think Adrian Martinez's ankle looked a little bit better yesterday. Yeah, he looked I think okay. And I thought throwing downfield, he looked great. That's one dude, of the better performances he's had. Samari Torre, four catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Where would this passing attack be for Nebraska without Samari Torre? He has been... A huge for this offense. And I want to say another thing is, I don't know what Adrian Martinez is going to do next year. If he's going to come back, he'll have one more year of eligibility or if he's going to move on. But I think that I'm not sure everyone realizes how valuable he is to Nebraska. I think I think a lot of Nebraska fans do, but it, they're a conundrum wrapped in a riddle in that. But when you get to the point where you're just not winning games, there's always one position you look I know. at. I know. It's part of I the un- job. I understand it. So I don't, it's, and, and, I feel like if I was a Nebraska fan, shut her down my spine, but if I was a Nebraska fan, I would feel the exact same way, which is you're very appreciative and you can see the talent of Adrian Martinez, but in the end, there's misthrows. There are, are it, you know, inopportune turnovers at the worst time. It is the stuff that that is what, why you yeah. quote unquote don't know how to win games. That's where it's at. Sure. A lot of times, by the way, I'll have a correction here, but I I brought up in the last podcast where it was possible that Nebraska would maybe move on from Scott Frost. I was told by a couple different Nebraska fans that Trev Alberts basically said – he didn't guarantee it, but he all but said okay. teams that fire their coach midseason is just straight silly. So I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you know, and I, I don't think it should happen. I don't think it will happen because they balled up yesterday yeah. versus the number four team in the country. Well, so – okay – Let's go a step further. I heard Scott Frost talking after the game in his presser, and he says, look, I'm telling you, we're not that far away. We're close. We're a good football team. We just need to get over the hump. And I I, I think I agree to, with him. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. Even though, I mean, I know it doesn't 
look great. I know the record's ugly, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't and get I just, rid of him. I can't help but think if sometimes it's not happening because of him and some form of right. the leadership that he either provides or don't provides. Because I, I, I always kind of get the feeling where he's like, I'm doing what I can. These guys need to do it. Or there's yeah. less ownership on it, but I so, digress. A couple so, things. Travion Henderson, he had an okay day, but I mean, I I, I would 21 say... 21 carries, 92 yards. You take that going into the game. If, if you're, you're Nebraska, Nebraska absolutely. And I love the way... I mean, obviously, Jackson and Jigba Smith, oh my goodness. Yeah. 15 catches, 240. Which, by the way, set a record, a program record. Ohio State record for catches in a game. At 15. At 15. Wow. He beat out David JSN. Boston. Only one touchdown. But they spread it out, too. Chris Olave had his catches. Henderson had some catches. So what does that add up to C.J. Stroud? 36 of 54. 405 yards. Two touchdowns. But a couple picks that were thrown where maybe every now and then Ohio State fans get a little angsty themselves. Not because they're afraid it's going to cost them a game like this. But because they're afraid it would cost them a game for the Big Ten Championship, yep. or getting to the college football playoffs, that type I mean, of thing. So I think that's only five INTs on the year for him, I believe in that. But those are the first two in a while. Yeah. I can't remember the last time he threw an interception. No. It's been a while. And I'll tell you, I mean, um, Nebraska is not known for getting at the quarterback, but Nebraska's front seven did a good job of making Ohio State's offensive line communicate and talk. They had issues. But with that being said, C.J. Stroud is just so good at – Climbing up in the pocket, yeah, pocket taking is. steps up and, and getting the ball out of his hands. Indeed. like That's where that five-star talent comes in. I mean, you see it. In the end, though, I guess I wouldn't be overly concerned if I'm an Ohio State fan. No. They, they played a, a rival last week. They go on the road yeah. you know, to, to an 11 o'clock a.m. game. Sure. I mean, these this is... Right, survive in advance. We've and, seen this out of college football. They well, got they got it done. What they had to get done. And every game is tough. I mean, all they these are. teams are tough. It's a deep conference. So just beating you know a solid team by nine by nine points. By the way, is not such a bad thing. Correct. By the way, nine again. The <laughs> stat we gave in the last podcast: the record for in a season for a team having one score losses is seven. Oh, yeah. Nebraska entered this game with six. This is actually a two-score loss yes. at nine points. So it, it, sits, it sits at six, but they could still tie it or go over yeah. it with two games left in the season. Uh, but with the win, Ohio State moves to eight and one overall. They are six and zero oh in Big Ten play, the only team to be undefeated in Big Ten play. With the loss, Nebraska falls to three and seven overall, one and six in Big Ten play. And because they played the 11 o'clock game, they were the first Big Ten team to fall out of bowl contention for the year 2021. Indeed. Next game up, Illinois 14, Minnesota 6. The Illini with 265 yards of total offense to the Gophers 289. So we went way under the total, which was 44. And obviously, Illinois not only got the cover, they got the outright win. Um Quite the day. I mean, quite a day. It, it, really interesting game when you look at the way it played out because, you know, Illinois comes out of the gate. They get that turnover. They get a touchdown right away, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, at least they're going to hang in. But then second possession, they go right down the field, and we got to see the touchdown right in front of us. Yeah. Great play, play on that action, boot, which play action. Play action bootleg was amazing play. Wide open tip Ryman in the end zone. But then they didn't score again the rest of the game. Yeah, well, not right. I mean, obviously, if you would have told – if if somebody with a you know uh, flex capacitor and a DeLorean would have come back in time and said Illinois doesn't score a single point, and I'd be like, okay, they lost forty two yeah. to fourteen. Well, I, I, <laughs> I I thought Illinois' defense was already playing well at that point. I would have said like twenty one to fourteen. Sure, um, but it was really interesting where we were sitting in the end zone because you wind up having the all twenty two look and. Very hard to tell with depth perception whether you're getting a, a, so a three-yard loss or an eight-yard gain. But, man, we got to see the holes getting opened, opened up for Chase Brown. Yeah, so and I mean that, his ability to dink and dunk and move around in those holes. Yeah, to, that was fun that, to watch. Dude, dude that, I mean, that was the game. It was, it that, was that was football porn for me. It was Illinois running the ball and stopping Minnesota from running the ball. That was the game. That's it? That was That's it. all it was. You remember when you asked me if I thought this was a good matchup for Minnesota or for Illinois? And I, I said yes because I, I said yeah. I still had faith in the Illinois defense. And Ooh. then my question is, you know, can Illinois run the ball? I thought Illinois would run the ball, but as much success as they had 
predominantly in the first half because there was adjustments made by the Minnesota defensive staff yes. late in the second quarter. Yeah, I would say that's the fair. Entire yep. uh, uh, second half where there was no available yards no. left uh-uh. for Illinois, and with the limited passing game that Illinois has now, Peters was efficient. Seven and nine for eighty yards, one touchdown, Touch no interception. He, did, he didn't, but man, every time, and he 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 did the keep the read option, kept it yeah, one time, a couple times, every time, every time he goes gets out, tackled. I think it's over. I think that his career is done. And and I don't have obviously as much wrapped up in the Illinois fighting Illini as you do, and I still feel it myself. Oh, and we I all just, cringe. But I've just gotten to the point. I'm not even. I don't even cringe anymore. I'm like, yeah, his career is over. But then it's, he gets up. He gets up. Somehow he gets up. That dude's got an old soul. Like he, it looks like a sixty-year-old man playing football. So out I wanted there. to point out at Alibaba twenty-six on Twitter was DMing me, and we were just kind of going back and forth. And he's like, "Here's something to look for. Minnesota has rushed for three hundred yards in each of the previous two games." And I, I don't think he was saying they're going to rush for three, but like he felt like that was the key to the game. Yeah, and I think he's right. Like right. now, I would have expected them to run for probably around two hundred. Would have been my guess somewhere in there, maybe. I don't know, 150 to 200, somewhere in that right, range. Right. But I mean, they shut him down for 89 rushing yards. That I did not expect. And uh, you know what? I'm going to say his, his name again. Defensive coordinator Ryan Walters yes. is coaching his ass off right he now. He is they're all in a in a conference end division with great defensive coordinators. Dude, he's in the team picture for the top. It's I mean, amazing. Sure, they got roughed up by UTSA, who's a really good team. They got roughed up by Virginia, scored a lot of points. Other than that, they have not given up a lot of points this year. They gave okay twenty-four nothing to Wisconsin. That now that's look it. back. Uh, that's the one. And, that's and their high water mark for 100%. the Big Ten. And I'll say another thing too. Uh, a part of the game <clears throat> where we thought we had uh, a distinct advantage for Illinois was in special teams. And Blake Hayes, our guy, mm, he the came punter, through. He he sealed the deal. He did with that punt. He did. He and there was I don't know who who the, put the tweet out. But we got tweeted at us two or three times. It was Blake Hayes rowing and yep. then and then breaking break. the oar. Yep. Obviously, he doesn't really have one with him over his knee. And after Blake Hayes dropped that coffin coffin corner punt, what what was the quote that, that you gave? Oh Kurt? yeah, golf, tennis, and punting. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot I ripped that one off again. Um, so let's see. A couple things. Pass rush. Oh, my God. The pass rush for Illinois. That's something I oh. I didn't expect at all. It hasn't really been there much at all this year. They I think they got to the go for six times for sacks. That was a huge part of this game. Brett Bielema is now 8-0 and versus Minnesota. That's amazing. And one more name. Not that it was a great pick, but the pick to seal the game is just a bad pass by Tanner Morgan. But Speaking. I thought it was fitting that Kirby Joseph got it because that guy's been making big plays all year. Speaking of, switching over to Minnesota, and we'll start with Tanner Morgan again. As yeah. best we can, we try to stay away from singling people out. But sometimes when you're the starting quarterback for a Big Ten football program, you're eventually you're just going to get some eyes on you. Um, maybe being at the stadium makes a difference. I know that might be it. Maybe you feel that's like you're a little is. bit more dialed in, but because I've Tanner been... Morgan did not look good yesterday. Well, so here's my question. I'm just going to throw it out 15 there. 15 to 27, 180 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. Is it maybe more of a Tanner Morgan problem in the passing game than anything right now? And I... I've been supporting him. I've, I've been saying, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm confident in him. He'll, he'll start playing better, but he's just not. Like, he's had moments. He's had moments. But really, we are talking about essentially the first half of the Nebraska game where he's looked really, really good. Yes. Other than that, the best Tanner Morgan you can hope for is an efficient one. Yeah. And we didn't get that yesterday. No, it was bad. I mean, it was was getting into the do we think about seeing what another quarterback That's kind of what I'm saying. Zach Eddick said he's good. Dude's got a hose, man. So, and, and I do understand... You know, if I'm looking at this from the uh, uh, Tanner Morgan point of view, there are times where the Minnesota offensive line pass pro doesn't look great. Maybe parts of yesterday were, were that was the case, but by and large, to me, I thought I saw a quarterback with happy feet. Yes, that was moving around way too much. Yes, and and usually they do a good job. The Gophers do of of. Uh, helping their offensive line out, you know, quick passes, things like that, so they don't have to protect for too long because they're not real quick on the edges, right? Right. I, I'm, so they, they work with that. It wasn't working yesterday. 
was it a bad day for Tanner or was it a bad day for Mike Sanford Jr.? Was it a bad day for the Gopher offensive line? The answer is yes. yes yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I would put more towards like one signal caller. One catch for Chris Ottman Bell. I don't think that's acceptable. You can't. And there do that. were available passing plays there. Yeah. That that you saw. I mean, the the again the seats that we had in the second half. You could see everything. By the way, it's everybody is a perfect offensive coordinator when you when you have seats like that. But there was just too many times where there's available plays there and they just weren't made. Yeah. And I wanted to mention St. Paul Gopher had invited us to the the Keeft family. Yes. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm going to have to DM him. I couldn't. I just couldn't get there. Me had a lot man. going on. He DM'd me. T- I, it was, there was just too much going on. There was on. too much I going on. Kids. But great catch, by the way. I wanted to bring it up because Co Keeft had that awesome yes. one-hander on the sideline. That Dude. was amazing. Guys, you know, uh, mauling up his hands and body all the time, blocking, still had the ability to come up with that big play. Um, and then shout out to Boatwagon too. It's always good. Always good to see Boat. Yeah, got to see Boat. That was great. Um, speaking of fans in the stands, you were you were down getting a beer. I don't know, going to the bathroom, and so you weren't there for this. But when they missed the extra point, yeah, the way I cackled like a little girl. This this Gopher fan in front of she me did, did not, not like appreciate that. it. Uh, she, I looked like a student to me, not intoxicated like the ones behind us or like me. Um, but she was none too keen on that. Um. With the win, Illinois moves to four and six overall, three and four in the Big Ten. They have already reached the mark that you had hoped they would ma- they would make. Yeah, this is and, what I predicted. I and predicted three point five wins was their over under. That was their over under. So they yeah, but but I I don't want to focus too much on the night because I'm happy right now. But man, it that Maryland game looking back hurts so bad right you'd be now. In, you'd be in contention for a bowl game. Yes. Yeah, and, and you gave it away. Gave it away, yeah. and you got two winnable games on left on the schedule. So, yep. yeah, anyway. With the loss, Minnesota drops to 6-3 and three overall, 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. They are one of the four-team log jams, log jam of teams in the Big Ten West for quote-unquote first place. Next game up, Penn State 31, Maryland 14. T's and P's to any Maryland betters that had Maryland plus 10.5. This was a Maryland plus 10.5 cover the entire game. Basically the last play of the game. uh, uh, Maryland drops back to pass. Tua forces the ball under like a 70-yard pick six for the Penn State cover. Owie. Amazing. But also, this was... Uh, much, by the way, Nittany Lions, 456 yards uh, total offense to the Terps, 419. So this score was tied at 14 deep into the game. This Correct. is a close game. This was a close game all yeah, throughout. Do, do, the score is not indicative of how this actually went Which down. is crazy because of how bad Maryland's defense looked last week versus Indiana. Yeah. This was the Maryland defense I was touting as keeping that game under last week. Right. What, and, and then you look at Penn State. Sean Clifford, 27 of 47, 363 yards and three touchdowns. How, how did they only put up that many points? I don't know. It's, you know, it's crazy. So we knew this was going to be a pass fest. I mean, if you like passing football games, this was a game for you because Tuilea, Tonga Vailoa, 41 of 57 for 371, one touchdown, one INT. Sean Clifford, 363 yards passing in this game in second place for a yardage total. But then you switch over to the rushing for both teams. Maryland, 27 carries for 48 yards. That's a 1.8-yard average. So the Penn State front seven woke up there. On the other side, Penn State, 33 for 93 for 2.8 yards like it's just not these are two the teams pit. that cannot run the football they're, they're they both are looking very purdue but right you know they, they i'll give them a, a, a day for effort 33 attempts 27 attempts it's more at than least, you honestly at least they're still trying to rush the yeah ball. they're still trying to and get you can there. point to that's part of the reason why penn state was able to uh pull this game out here's here's another reason that penn state might have pulled the game out sweet baby jesus Jahan <laughs> dotson <laughs> 11 catches, 242 uh, yards, and three touchdowns. Dude's, dude's I mean, insane. Not that he's had a bad year, but I've just been kind of waiting for this huge breakout performance like this because you know he's got it in him. He's just uh, – he's on the short list of best receivers in the conference. It's just such a hard list to – whoever is the uh, – um, I mean, right now it's who, – uh, Whoever's name on the wide receiver award was what I was trying to come up with. Oh, whoever okay. winds up getting that wide receiver of the year award – my gosh, you've 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about what Ohio State's got. You think about what David Bell's doing, and then Jahan Dotson. I mean, in, in some years, he'd be the best receiver hands down in the conference, right? Correct. And so. part of Ohio State's wide receivers issues, what we've already talked about before, the Ryan Day does such a good job of spreading the ball out to so many receivers. Jahan Dotson is obviously the focal point of the Penn State passing attack, so maybe that's kind of what helps him uh, take that home. Uh, by the way, with the total of uh, 45, 10 points under the over-under, uh, another shout-out for Penn State player, linebacker Brandon Smith. Yeah, I just one, felt like thank he, you. He, nine tackles, 2.5 TFLs. He looked really good. In the end, it, it kind of looked how a lot of Maryland losses are. Yeah, um, There's not a complete team there, but – Way better than what I gave Maryland credit for. Better than I thought they'd be, although I gave them a little more credit than you. I had them at four wins. I've already passed that. Yeah. They're, they're, depending on whether you got their, their, uh, team win total at five and a half or six. So they're, with three games left, they're they're right at it. I mean, it's it's going to be really it's close. Not getting easier. Michigan State, Michigan, but then they get Rutgers to finish off the year. Correct. Uh, with the win, Penn State moves to six and three overall, three and three in the Big Ten. Still got that Auburn win on their you know resume yeah. there a little bit, and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. Those are two Nothing pretty to good wins, to, which might sneak them into the CFP. With the loss, Maryland drops to five and four. Overall, two and four in the Big Ten. I want to make sure I got that right. That's correct, right? I think Five that's correct. Four, two and four. That's, well, Helen Shell, check Let on us. Know. Let us know. Next game up, Wisconsin, 52. Rutgers, three. Over-under was 38. They went over that almost double by themselves. Obviously, an easy Wisconsin cover at negative 13. The Badgers with... 579 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 207. Oh, hey, great. Wisconsin looks really good again. Uh, and, uh, and they can even throw the ball now. Well, yeah, that's awesome. This great defense. So cool. Now they can run and dude, throw the ball. Dude, what are you going to say? These guys are gaining steam. I uh, mean, you think? Like I like I like I like to call them. They're a loaded locomotive running downhill at full speed again. And mostly that's because of their defense. Who's who's their defensive coordinator? Jimmy Leonard. What's what's his first name? Jim. Huh, dude? Right when you think this Wisconsin defense. Ah, they can't. They can't do that. Again. They can't get any better. They just kind of get a little bit. But better. then the other thing about it is they weren't really getting. They were still a great defense early in the year, but they weren't getting the turnovers. Now they're forcing turnovers. This is scary. This is a scary defense. No, the, the only thing that's not scary if you're an opponent is Che Louis got, got injured. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see him get injured. Well, and I, I, I checked with Supercrow. I don't think anybody's saying anything, but it was hinted at Achilles. Oh, crap. So and then Braylon Allen was even dinged up a little bit. So that would hurt. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, if you lost your, I mean, they if you. If, no, I'm just I, talking about Che though. I'm not even thinking about Braylon because he'll be okay. I Bra think Braylon will be okay, yeah. but that's their one-two punch. So, and by the way, the one position that they have lost a ton from from transfer portal yeah, trans and getting kicked off the team, running backs. Yeah, so they're getting kind of thin there. Other than that, I mean, Graham Mertz, eleven of sixteen, two hundred and forty yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I mean, he's playing great. I think part of it is that they're running the ball so well too. Three hundred five rushing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. 51 carries, 305 yards, a 6.0 yard average. Uh, I mean, these these guys look scary. 12 turnovers they've forced in the last 3 games. There it is. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. They're basically they're they're that great defense that doesn't let you move the ball at all and now they're forcing turnovers. So their defense is tops in about every category, top to bottom if they keep, you know, getting up the turnover train. Um their rushing attack has been getting to be borderline elite the last month here. Borderline erotic. If, borderline erotic. If they add a more than competent, I didn't say great. I said more than competent passing attack. I know. Good bleeping luck. Yeah, these guys are just getting better as the season goes on. I mean, this is a team that can compete with Ohio State now. They can. Dude, all, all, this, all this stuff we've been talking about, 
Is it all window dressing for Ohio State versus nine and three Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship? Yeah, I mean that's what it's looking like right now. But you know, I want to give Son Rutgers some credit though. They did rush for ninety five yards. I, got, I, got, I was going to point that out. Thirty carries, ninety five yards for a three point two yard average. That's about that's the best you can help help for versus Wisconsin. But in the end, the 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 total, the totality of the Rutgers quarterback position: thirteen of twenty seven. So they played- one hundred and twelve yards. Zero touchdowns, three picks. I mean, terrible. But they played four quarterbacks yesterday. Okay, now here's the curious thing. Not not one of them was named Grant Wins Wins Wimsett. Yeah, yeah, Grant Wimsett, the freshman, yeah. the freshman phenom. He's played in I think only one game. They have three games left. You can play four and still redshirt. Are we going to start seeing? Right. That's my question because I mean, the, nobody played well at the quarterback position for them. Uh, no, it, it, you know, we joked, we've joked on a previous podcast, you know, from uh, something about Mary when the guy's like, no, seven minute abs, man, <laughs> right. seven is, is Greg Shiano looking at Brom like Tom and saying, oh, three quarterbacks, huh? no, four, <laughs> four quarterbacks, four. man, four quarterbacks. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those were uh, Aaron Crookshank in his revenge game had yeah. a fumble. So that yeah. didn't work out all no. that well. I mean, if, if Adam Corsak just has an average game, something's wrong. Yeah. Wasn't their day. No. Now I, I picked an easy Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin win. has that effect on people. Right. I now. just, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. They yeah. are really gaining steam. With the win, Wisconsin moves to six and three overall, four and two. Another one of the teams that's in the logjam that is the Big Ten West. With the loss, Rutgers falls to four and five overall, one and five in the Big Ten. I went and looked. I believe I have hit every single game correctly that I picked Rutgers to win or lose at the preseason. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay, I mean, cool. They've been actually pretty predictable. They yeah. basically won the games they've supposed to and lost the games they weren't. Supposed okay, to. so They're you picked them to beat Illinois. In Champagne, I believe so. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail. Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. And as always, good things happen when you hashtag... Ask for Amador. Ask for Amador. I thought you were going to give me the pop right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going pop after the ask for Amador. After Amador. Okay, yeah. I should have known. All right, next game up. Speaking of Amador, we had a couple Amador locks that hit in this game. We I did have a couple, so. Yeah. Iowa 17, Northwestern 12. I predicted 16 to 13. I uh, predicted 20 to 10. That's not too far off. No, not too far off. I was uh, pretty much dunked on by both, which is funny, Iowa and Northwestern fans all week long for predicting a Northwestern plus 12 cover. Why? Like, I don't like, get it. If 10 people responded to me, nine, nine of them were, were completely against me. Okay. But guess what? That hit my Amador yeah. double barrel. Lock of the week, which now brings my total to well, hold, seven and three on the season. Pretty good if you do. Well, but hold on. Was your lock? I thought your lock was on the total, not on the spread. Yours, see, I was confused too. Yours was on the total. Mine was on the total. Which you hit yours too. Oh, yeah. Here, yeah, here Amador, we go. Amador, Bell. Boom. Lock of the week. So we Nailed both it. hit ours. Um, no, mine was on okay. the plus 12. Okay. I liked both, to be honest. Yeah. My, the three that I liked the most this weekend for Big Ten play was. Northwestern plus 12, mm-hmm. the under in this game, and Wisconsin negative 13, they all hit. Uh, the Hawkeyes with 361 yards of total offense to the Wildcats, 363. Okay, real quick, I got a quick little question okay. here for you. Okay. Uh, is your name Kurt? Yes. Do you watch Big Ten football? Yes, I do. Did you think Iowa's offense looked better under Alex Padilla yesterday? Okay, I, it wasn't – there was a noticeable – spark it's like you could almost see it you it was a clearly better offense with Alex Padilla there now again this gets back into a theme again I I have got absolutely nothing against uh the Tanner Morgan family or Spencer Petrus and the family and and but this is a big time big boy program okay now the word on the street is that the reasoning behind Petrus being uh, benched, for lack of a better term, is that he's injured. I do believe... Well, that's what Kirk said. And I do believe there's something 
to that. Like, the, so he might be dinged, but is that really the reason he got sat? Because it. Looked, I don't know that. I don't mean, have that answer for you. But he, I will say this: the 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 chili dipping throws that Petrus did the first series. I mean, they were skipping skipping balls it was to receivers. P- it was pathetic. And you could, when you see the wide receivers, when they are looking back at their quarterback, like, <laughs> right? Yes. I, no, I'm not, I know. I know, I know that you laugh. I shouldn't but, be laughing. But. but that's, that that is when you have, but I they, believe he's lost you are the, now given the confidence from the offensive coordinator or the head coach to say, we got to try something different here. Well, you have to. At that point, if your team has lost confidence in the quarterback, you can't keep playing him. And, and I understand the stat line, okay? Alex Padilla wound up going 18 of 28, 172 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Just, I'm not saying it, right. it, but the offense moved better. The offense then moved suddenly, the ball. Suddenly, the, the, the sacks were more limited. The offensive line played. And then what happens with Tyler Goodson? 21 (laughs) carries, 141 yards and a touchdown. Suddenly the playmakers. I think you just said the the most important one for me is the offensive line looked better because he knows how to move in the pocket and he has a pocket presence, which Petrus does not go figure. You take the pressure off the offensive line and the offensive line looks better. And, and by the way, we both called this, Getting the ball to Keegan Johnson, five yep. catches, sixty yards. Again, I, I know it's not a stat line that's huge. There was a couple. There was a drop in the end zone. By the way, the score could have been a little bit more than that. Arlen Bruce, too. That's the one I wanted yeah. to mention. I mean, so the other thing I'll add to it is that he seems to be getting the ball, spreading the ball out to his playmakers better than I, Petrus can. I think Petrus did a, a, a fine job at spreading the ball ball out. With that being said, the ball comes out so much quicker with yeah, Padilla it does and he's got a good arm it's not it's like okay he, it does, it's not great but yeah it's it's a it's a capable it's solid arm. it's a capable arm so again I am not trying to I'm not trying to wax poetic too much here by by saying that Alex Padilla is the savior we went out and win the Big Ten championship like but I will say that's his first game playing meaningful minutes and he's not so he, so looked, he hasn't gotten reps correct so I I, I think reps matter and and, and then I want to say I mean I won't name names but there were you know, Big Ten or excuse me, Iowa football um, media leaders. Okay, okay. Um, that boy, if you mentioned p- playing a different quarterback, you were you were sent off to the bad fan island. Get you, away! You, you were ostracized po- from the community. I'm not going to go on too much, but I think we, I think people like me that were curious to see a change at quarterback, a little bit vindicated yesterday well i think yeah absolutely no doubt plenty and i ex- season left plenty of season, and i expect but... to see him in the next game i expect him to be starting i don't see how he can't yeah, be we'll see but yeah we'll see about that but now over to northwestern a little bit so i want to say andrew marty i think they found their quarterback yep. this is the guy this is the guy this is it let's not play anybody else of course you know marty's had and his i guess history. my question is every time we've seen andrew marty play maybe there was a health thing maybe that's what it was but every time We've seen Andrew Marty play. He's looked pretty much like this. Why did it take him this long to settle yeah, on Marty now, as their quarterback? He did have three interceptions, but I at the same that. time. But he was kind of forcing it and trying to get him back in the game. Yeah, true, because, you know, if you if you look back to the first half, the, base, the Hawkeyes basically scored their two touchdowns pretty much mid-first half. I mean, if you're down by 14, if you're – Northwestern. It's it's a somewhat insurmountable lead. Uh, it seems like it. And I think Iowa's play calling and defensive play calling showed that in the second half. I, I don't think they felt I- extremely threatened by the Northwestern offense. Evan Hole, who was very good. I mean, I think Iowa did a pretty good job. He only had 11 carries for 41 yards. I will say, though, Evan Hall, six catches, 89 yards in a touchdown when he had that touchdown reception look. Look good. I mean, he makes people miss. That was the one time in the game where you kind of had to sit up and you're like, all right, Iowa, it's time to wake up. For the most part, they did. But go figure, Iowa doesn't turn the ball over, rushes the ball well, and wins the turnover margin. And then what's the end product? They win the football contest. Yeah, and, you know, again, not to pile on Northwestern, but it's just not their year, and this is an indication it's not their year. Eight penalties for 65 yards. You just don't see that from a Northwestern team. They're gripping. And then three t- three turnovers to zero turnovers. You're never going to win a game like that. With the win, Iowa moves to 7-2 and two overall, 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. One of those four teams that's log-jammed for first place in the Big Ten West. With the loss, Northwestern drops to 3-6 and six overall, still holding on to bowl eligibility for a little bit longer. 1-5 and five in conference, but if I had to make a prediction, they're, they're flirting with last place in the Big Ten West. They, they would... 
good things would have to happen to stop that yep. from happening is what it looks like to me. Next game up, Michigan 29, Indiana 7. The Wolverines with 411 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers, Hoosiers 195. So Michigan covered the 19 points in this game, but at 50 and a half points, way under the total. Yeah, a little bit of a sleepy game. It's not like you got a depleted... Sleepy in- game at night, but I agree. No, it kind of was. There just wasn't a whole lot going on, but Michigan showed that they're one of the better teams in the conference. They, they have an awesome defense, but think the defense wasn't really disruptive. It just stopped Indiana from moving the ball. Yeah, I mean, De- uh, 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 Donovan McCauley, 10 of 24, 88 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I he's mean, talented, but he's he's raw. He's, he's raw, young. and he's, he was playing in the big house. I mean, that's just a tough spot to be in. Yeah, it is. Uh, Hassan Haskins had a great game. Yeah. Uh, 27 rushes, 168 yards, and a touchdown. Fortunately, uh, Blake Corum going that's out of not, the... That so, doesn't look good. Well, now... Uh, checked with Jordan again. Okay. No, and there's there was other dinged up players on Michigan too. We're gonna have to get a little bit better look on that throughout the week before we record the next podcast. But there were several Michigan players that kind of went out of this game, maybe adding to the overall unesthetic mm. view of yeah. this game. Uh, but I think Blake Corum is quote unquote okay. I don't think it's season. I hope so, man. But I I, I hope it's not. Uh, maybe it's only for a game or two. Obviously, he's an ultra competitor, and not having the chance to com- uh, compete against Ohio State in three weeks that would drive a guy like that nuts uh shout out to tight end luke shoemaker yeah love the name wanted to throw out there hey you only had three catches made the most of them though two touchdowns in this game and two big touchdowns obviously this is his first two touchdowns of his career too i wanted to give a shout out to Cade mcnamara yeah 10 of 18 168 and two touchdowns i i feel like he's reaching a point where he's a guy that can beat you yeah i've i've <clears throat> again i i I don't think I've made this guy out to be a, a, a top of the line quarterback, but I just continue to beat the drum of like, he's pretty good. Quite, get off this guy's case. No, a he's convinced bit. me. He is a good quarterback. And, and I love JJ McCarthy, five of 10, 55 yards, no touchdowns, did have the pick. Like, you see the arm talent, don't get me wrong. Like, like JJ McCarthy right, is the future, but dude, I've made my decision. You got to stay with Kate McNamara. Just, I there's think, no reason to play uh, McCarthy anymore. I, I mean, you know, if ifs and buts. We're candy nuts. nuts. It'd be Christmas every day. But if they held on to that 16 point lead versus Michigan State, they would be an undefeated team. They're yeah. still a, they're still an eight and one team with this quarterback rotation. I very much believe this falls under. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I think it. so. Um, but I mean, there wasn't a ton to pull out of this game. It kind of went down like you thought. I wondered if maybe there'd be a little bit more of an offensive explosion from Indiana, you know, going uh, uh, with kind of the new quarterback and, and, and lack of film. Yeah. But in the end, the Michigan defense came to play, and that's mm-hmm. kind of all Michigan needed. And like I said, Indiana's just too depleted. They don't, they don't have a good offensive line. You got a freshman quarterback in there. I don't know what the heck is going on with Ty Freifogel. And before this, one of my favorite players in the Big Ten. I think you just named it offensive line, play calling, quarterback. I mean, yeah, I think the new quarterback he rushed he rushed one time for one yard, but he did not have a catch yesterday. Not one catch. When an offense is struggling that much, right? A young quarterback probably has one guy he wants to look. Yeah. Look to. Oh yeah. So what does a savvy defense do? They take that guy away, and they make him try to make plays. Correct. There was no available plays oh, they, out there. They took him away. So I saw um, Mike Pegram, who's a 24-7 writer for Indiana. He was like, this is the worst IU offense since when? And he like he was Can't struggling. Can't come up with it. This is bad. Because when you think about it, you know, previous to, to Tommy Allen was um, – Kevin Wilson. They had offenses. Yes, they had they no did. defenses. It has been quite some time. Maybe pre-Randall L days. I and don't know because there's been a lot of Hoosier offenses. Yes, that's an that offensive. It's an historically an offensive program. It it it's a basketball type of thing. Yeah, it looks like of, it yeah. too. So, with the win, Michigan moves to eight and one overall, five and one in the Big Ten. Uh, they are quote unquote tied with Michigan State, but behind Michigan State because Michigan State owns the head to head. With the loss, Indiana drops to two and seven overall, zero oh and six in the Big Ten. Mm. Our only team in mm. the Big Ten without a conference win. They were the second team to wrap up not going to a bowl. Not that we didn't already know it, but it is officially a extremely disappointing year in Hoosier land. Nothing, nothing. Me and you were. A lot of people wanted it. it right. Is what it is. And though. then just looking ahead to the schedule, they've got Rutgers, they got Minnesota, they got Purdue. 
Eesh. I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, you you are literally just building for 2022 at this point. No doubt, but you want to get kids. you want to get a win in conference. You do. Yeah. You don't want to go over. Last game of the podcast, the Big Ten game of the week. Purdue 40, Michigan State 29, the Boilermakers with 594 yards of total offense to the Spartans, 458. Obviously, Purdue not only covered the plus three, they won outright. We went way over the 54. Nux to my podcast partner, he had the stones to pick Purdue to win. They did it. Again, in the immortal words of J. Robert Oppenheimer, inventor of the nuclear weapon, <laughs> I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The spoiler makers have done it again. It's oh. their 17th win over a top yeah. five team as an unranked team. And it's the second one this season. And if I recall correct, I thought the second, the next closest program I thought had nine. Or was it maybe even eight? It was one of those two. It was either so nine wins or... So they've only, they've either have or almost doubled up the next team. This is just what they do. And <laughs> and guess what? Guess who they How got? How many times do you even have a chance to play a top five? I team know it as an unranked team. It's crazy. Or and, and then even have the ability to like run and block and tackle enough to beat a team like that. It is just it's in their DNA. By the way, has spoiler makers been there this whole time? I just heard I had, it for the first time. This I haven't weekend. heard that actually. That was the first time you. That's heard the it. first time I've heard. So that. that was right there in front of us all this time with spoiler makers, yeah. and we never grabbed it. Damn it, man! Well, the other we one we're better we, than that. The other one we're kicking ourselves about is the Thiesman. The Thiesman. For a punter, a punter, a punter, punter for the Heisman. Thiesman. I mean, I mean, this is I'm, the Thiesman. It makes me sick to my stomach. Me too. How do we, we, this podcast should have owned the Thiesman of any podcast in the world? Is there any podcast that talks about punting more than us? No, I hope no. to God there isn't. <laughs> and we didn't come up with Thiesman. Damn it. All right. Anyways, so a fifth most. So let's start with Aiden O'Connell because my goodness, yeah. what a game he had. He was forty of fifty-four for five hundred thirty-six yards, three touchdowns, no INT. That's the fifth most passing yards in Big Ten history in a game. And three of the top five guess who they where who they play for Ohio State, uh, Purdue, Purdue. Oh, oh, because again, this is what they do. This is what they do. Three of the top five are Purdue players, and that's with offset of their rushing attack. Thirty-one carries, fifty-eight yards. That's a one-point-nine yard average. Yeah, pfft, screw it. Let's By the just way, toss it up. Did you hear what Brown said about their running attack? He goes, "We're okay running the ball." Well, that's being nice. <laughs> <laughs> But after you beat another team like this, you can kind of say whatever you want. Yeah. People are going to find it giggly. Here's another guy laughing at the competition. David Bell, 11 catches, 217 yards, and a touchdown. That boy got talent. I mean, that's just stupid. It's just ridiculous how good that guy is. There's there, and, and then, you know, it's like I, I knew he was this big, but, like, you know, they flash his stats. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's 6'2 as well. I mean, oh, I know. Just, well, I mean, and here's the, here's he is the other like thing. built in a machine how you want a wide receiver to be. And and the the one thing, like, I guess I would have, if someone had asked me, well, what are his weaknesses? I, it wouldn't have been a weakness necessarily, but he's the kind of the guy, like, you know, uh, jumps up, grabs the ball on the sideline type of catch, you know, for 15 yards, 20 yards. He wasn't necessarily the big yards after catch guy. Oh, my goodness. He's that, too. He absolutely is that. Yeah. His yards after the catch yesterday were ridiculous. I mean, you can line him up in the slot. You can line him up out wide. There's not a position you can't put this guy in. He's a first-round talent. That's all there is to it. The only one criticism I can say about his open field running yesterday was there there was a a point where I thought he could have gotten into the end zone. He was about the 10-yard line, and he tried cutting back. He should have just kept going in the line he was on. I think he would have made it. That's the only, literally the only thing bad I can say about the guy. I, I can't say anything about him. And, and from you know, I'm only going off of I'm interviews and but he he just seems like a great That's teammate. the other thing. Like, he, like he just works hard. I don't know. They're interviewing him. I'm like, this seems like a guy you'd want to hang out with. I seems like a great and I, dude. And I can't wait till he's out of this Absolutely. <laughs> and and I, I mean I'm not shouldn't be getting negative, but it's gonna hurt losing that guy. It's the boilermakers losing a talent like well, that. Oh my goodness. Uh by the way, both of us officially dead wrong about Purdue. We, we, we on the year for sure. We were just dead wrong. I mean, I may have been they right are this just week. Putting it together, the the defensively the three DCs are working. It's absolutely it's work. And and here's the thing: Michigan State did get their yards and they got their points. But I mean, it's they're defensively doing enough to win football games, which is all you have to do. Yeah, and, I mean, and essentially, offense, I mean, essentially, they are they're stopping the run. Okay, 
I mean, all things considered, we'll get to Michigan State here. And they're doing enough to get to the quarterback. They maybe don't get sacks all the time, but they're making it uncomfortable. Yeah, like you got Carl Laftis. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 always formidable. So switching over to the other side, tough loss for Sparty. Um, there was yeah. a lot of DMs and, and tweets on Twitter to Michigan State fans from me, you know, that, that gif where what's-his-face has got the noose around his neck, and he's like, First time, huh? You know, like that's okay. that's the one. Like that's how Iowa fans and Michigan State fans were looking at each other. Like, yeah, it sucks being in the top three and having David Bell in the passing attack absolutely rip you apart. It's what it was again. Uh, Peyton Thorne, twenty of thirty, two hundred seventy-six yards, a touchdown and a pick. I didn't feel like he looked comfortable. Two touchdowns. Two, well, yeah, two touchdowns and a pick. He had a pretty good game stats wise. Yeah. I didn't feel like he. Felt comfortable, like yeah, like, that's fair. But but still, all things considered, uh, a, a pretty good game. Kenneth Walker, I don't think he hurt his Heisman odds. Twenty three well, no. carries, hundred and forty six yards, and a touchdown. What I what I okay, he obviously didn't hurt his Heisman odds with that stat line. I just wonder with the not anti Big Ten biased towards the Heisman. Award, sure, like he's just they scratch him off, get rid of. He him. needs to go. They need to go undefeated. In order for yeah. him to thirteen zero win the Big Ten championship, in order for a non quarterback, yeah. non SEC, yeah, 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 sure. or yeah. I should say non quarterback, non Bama player to win the Heisman. Well, all you have to look back at is Jonathan Taylor never made it to New York. Didn't even make it to New York. I think that's a that's a personal uh, affront to Dustin Schutte, a non Wisconsin. Oh, it is. Fan. No, he, he still hates that. To this <laughs> no, day. I know he he does. Yeah, he he's never going to let anyone forget it either. Um, but then, so spread the ball out to a bunch of different receivers. I thought, I mean, I thought Peyton Thorne, you know, considering he's playing a tough oh, defense. He looked good. Don't I get me wrong. Peyton pretty Thorne good. battled his butt off. I, I, I just felt, I felt like it was more of a compliment, compliment towards Purdue where they did everything they could to make him uncomfortable. And I've been saying on the cast, I'm like, look, I love this Michigan State team. I love the story. But at some, they're going to trip up at some point. Yeah. I was just waiting for it. That's why I picked Purdue, I so, guess. And remember what I said, that I was stupid? I'm going to pick him, and I'm stupid. Well, I love it. I love being stupid. No, it was the right call. Um, so the funny thing is, on my uh, uh, much-attacked predictions that I had uh, nine days ago, ten days ago, whatever it was, I had Michigan State finishing 9-3, and three, okay? Okay. I had them losing to Michigan. Okay. And getting beat by Purdue. Oh, okay. Like I had, gotcha. The, I, it, in my mind, it was the the you know prototypical letting a team beat you twice type of thing. Mm-hmm. But they obviously you know held it came from behind to beat Michigan. But this was you kind of could see this coming even ten days ago is what I'm trying to yeah, say. This I, was this re, was yeah, I think this so. was a tough spot. They still have Ohio State on the schedule. With that being said, if Michigan State wins out, beats Ohio State, and beats whoever's on the West. Everything that they wanted true. is still on the table. And Mel Tucker said that specifically. He should because he said it's the everything, truth. every goal that we had is still in front of us. And it happens. By the way, they they, they could rematch Purdue in Indy. Definitely possible. Yeah, it is possible. Not as likely, but right. definitely possible. Um, uh, but at twelve and one with a Heisman contender. That Big Ten, that team is not being left out of the college football playoffs. No. So I think Michigan State fans very much, I'm sure, feel crushed, pissed. Michigan State Twitter, y'all are crazy. Again, I would say it. <laughs> like, I understand those feelings with that being uh, said. If you get a win this next week, it's all going to feel a lot better now quickly will, after that. Yeah, I will say this about Kenny Walker, though. And this is one of those, another example of just not your day. He fumbled. He's not a fumbler. Is his first fumble? Is his first fumble of the the year? Yep, gave it up. So I mean, if there's something you can say negative about Kenny Walker, it's that fumble. One more thing I wanted to bring up: that reverse pass screen that Purdue ran. Yeah, that thing was like executed with such incredible, like military style precision. I know the offensive line was literally standing, all of them next to each other, five of them. At the line of scrimmage, jogging in place, waiting for the guy to catch the football. That was it. I don't know how they conducted that thing. All the the handoffs and, and just the the yeah, let's call it in this type of game. Well, why the hell not? Because Jeff Brom. That's don't what give he a bleep. does. I mean, he just don't give a bleep. No, That's he what really he does. doesn't. 
with the win, Purdue moves to six and three overall, four and two in the Big Ten. One of those four teams that is in a logjam you know? for first place in the Big Ten West. With the loss, Sparty quote unquote drops to eight and one overall, five and one in the Big Ten. But like we said, very much alive to do what they want. Think about this. You're talking about this four-team logjam, and I'm talking about Illinois losing to Maryland. Shouldn't have lost to Maryland. Illinois three and four. If they'd beat Maryland, they'd be another four four-win team right there. Insane, isn't that crazy? That is insane. Jeez, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, how about that? Um, and it could and it totally could work because it's a Big Ten East team. So, Although yeah. they have one more conference game than those other teams, so okay. they'd be at the bottom. Right, but still. Um, uh, okay, so Week Ten, Eisman, a lot of good candidates. Smart Torre, four catches, 150 mm-hmm. yards, and a touchdown. You know, Ohio State just kind of they kind of spread it out. I mean, oh, no, a lot of yards Jackson, for Jackson Jigba Smith. Oh, oh, thank you, uh, Jackson Smith and Jib. Uh, Fifteen carries or fifteen catches, excuse me, two hundred and forty yards and a touchdown. Chase Brown, thirty-two carries, yeah. one hundred and forty-seven yards. Sean Clifford, three hundred and sixty-three yards, three touchdowns. Jahan Dotson. Mm. 11 catches, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Goodson, 141 yards and a touchdown. Hassan Haskins, Haskins, 168 yards and a touchdown. David Bell, 11 catches, 217 <clears throat> yards Mercy. and a touchdown. Any one of those guys, Kenneth Walker, 146 yards and a touchdown. Any one of those guys would have been a guy that could have won the, the Eisman in different weeks. But this week, I just think it's pretty much another no-brainer again we look at stats. We look at who those stats came across or came against. How big, a big the, how big the, the game is. Aiden O'Connell, yeah. 40 of 54, 536 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> I think that's going to get you the weekly Eisman pretty much any time you put those type of stats up. Dave Wilson for the Illini, still the all-time Big Ten passing leader in yards for a single game. What is it? 621. <laughs> It all comes back to Illinois at some point. 1980 against Ohio State. The re- the reason he did it is because Illinois was getting beat so badly. Yeah. And, it, and they were giving up a ton of points. It wasn't just a little, like, I don't remember the final score. It was like 63 to 42 or something like that. But they were, they literally playing from so far behind. They were just throwing the ball all game. But I mean, he still had a great so game. So lo- they, they lost the game. They lost the game. Do you think we'll record long enough to see that stat get broke? I don't know. I mean, that's a long that's time. That's a lot of yards. That's a lot, especially for back then. That's yeah. a ton of yards. That's a ton of yards, yeah. And so that was at the shoe, and I guess he got a standing ovation when the game ended. Really? Yeah. Okay. By the by, the Buckeye faithful. Hey, everybody. You, you see what's sitting across the table from me? It's a happy yeah. record. I, I joked with a, a, a gif to me and my brothers that, that you were on where – Spotting a happy Big Kurt, it's like it's like spotting a, a Bigfoot out, out in the wild. Well, speaking of gifts, I think mine went over pretty well. The my Oscar the Oscar Grouch the Grouch gift. was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but you did Oscar stayed in the, uh, in the, in the he stayed in the can. garbage can. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Got anything else? No, sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. Talk to you soon.